we are continuing our studies in the book of first uh, john and we are in the last couple of verses last week we looked at 1 john chapter 5 and verse 18 which says we know that no one who is born of god sins but he who was born of god keeps him and the evil one does not touch him and we learned about the assurance that we have that god is our protector if you notice in these last ten or three verses uh, we find this statement we know we know we know three times he mentions it in these verses verse 18 verse 19 and verse 20 and this is like a conclusion that he is writing on the basis of people who had infiltrated the church with the false teachings trying to confuse their minds so he is giving this letter as confirmatory proof to know that they are believers so that they can evaluate their lives check up if they have genuinely made a commitment so that once they are sure they would not be led astray by any new wind of doctrine that will come in this evening we are looking at verses 19 and 20 verse 19 says we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one so if in verse 18 he spoke about you know how we are now born into God's kingdom verse 19 now he's saying hey there are these two opposite ends one is to be born of God to belong to God and the other one is to belong to the evil one in other words there is no middle category you know he draws a sharp line of difference between people of the world and people who are believers and this is the uh, certainty or this is how we can be sure of what we believe and why we believe a lot of people go through life even though they call themselves Christians they live such uncertain lives they think somehow they are moving from one kingdom into the next kingdom and we will finally know only after we die no 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 John is very clear he's speaking about this knowing 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 we have to be sure here on earth that we have moved from one kingdom into the other kingdom we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light there is now no more condemnation that is the certainty that he is speaking about there is no middle category there is no middle category of a person who says he has one foot in the world and one foot with God's kingdom no no not possible either you are of God and separated from this evil world or you are of the world and you are actually lying in the arms of the evil one enjoying him you know what he is offering thinking that that's you know, the best of both worlds no it is just not possible so when he's speaking about this knowing this knowledge you know the word that is used there is not a head knowledge it's a knowledge that is based on facts it is a knowledge without a shadow of doubt or beyond a shadow of doubt it's a certainty that he is speaking about of an, uh, a knowledge that continues to remain a knowledge that does not fluctuate it is like when you are doing a, a theorem at the end of it all you say QED to say this is how it is finally proved it is a certain and you are sure that that is the right answer so similarly here he is saying at the end of all his explanation he is saying hey you and I must be sure of this fact because if you are not sure of this fact and you think the best of birth was one foot here one foot there he says that is just not 
possible. So the question we must ask ourselves constantly is, are we living like we are his children? Does his kindness toward us motivate us to live righteously, godly and sensibly in this present age? Or is our lifestyle actually more of the world and people don't really know that there's a difference? There has to be a very clear-cut difference between how we live and how the people of the world live. Now, one writer says that when it says we are of God, it implies not only of an origin, but of a sense of belonging. To be gripped with this certainty is to be charged with the principle of righteousness that can dissolve every bond of iniquity, that breaks the power of worldly fear and pleasure, and will make us living or dying more than conquerors. In other words, once we recognize this surety, we recognize that now we belong. So we cannot belong to the world if we belong to God. And if we belong to God, that just gives us the strength and the power to say no to the world and all that it offers. So do we know this with a certainty this evening? Is there a fundamental difference between your priorities and goals and those of your non-Christian friends and neighbors? Are you living for God and His glory and His kingdom? Or do you just attend church services in a, a little more often than the rest of the population? Just because you attend a church service or a life group every week, that doesn't make it you know, that you are better. Your lifestyle is what should really show forth. If you are born of God, then there is a definite difference. You are cut out from the world. You are different from the world. Then in verse 20, he says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is his conclusion. He says, this is what life is all about. What is life all about? Understanding the right doctrine and knowing and understanding the right doctrine leads to a right living. If you notice, there were false teachers whose doctrines were all wrong. And because the doctrines were all wrong, their lifestyle was definitely different. They were playing around with the world. This is why doctrine is so very important. It is not experience in a, that alone that matters. It is experience that is based on doctrine. Remember, never start off with an experience and try and form a doctrine from that. Always start off with a doctrine and form an experience from that. This is why in verse 20 he says, We know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding. So this is the doctrine that he is emphasizing. The name Son of God does definitely speak about the deity of Christ. Remember when Jesus was here on earth, he was called a son of man and son of God, speaking about the fact that he was a hundred percent man as well as a hundred percent God. So whenever there is a reference to son of God, it's speaking about his deity. So there were false teachers there who were saying, maybe Jesus is not really God. Yes, he was man who became a God or yes, he is a man and a good man. No, no. John is declaring this, this is the fact, this is the doctrine on which we base our life, that Jesus is indeed God. That this was a historical event that happened when he came down to earth in the incarnation. 
when the word became flesh and dwelt among us that indeed was an event that happened there are liberal people who would say that the incarnation is an ongoing process you know that god continues to reveal himself you know but we need to be careful if there's no event of god coming into this world declaring himself to us invading this world in the person of jesus then there's no ongoing revelation it has to be the importance of jesus coming into this world this is why the historicity of christ is important that he did step down into this world and become a man and lived among us you know and that is why john writing says we beheld his glory so when you are thinking about this doctrine we must be sure in our minds that jesus very god of very god came down into earth lived among us historical fact died and rose again historical fact and on the basis of this fact we know that this message is true because we have experienced him in our lives so the assurance and guarantee is that jesus did come now when the word that is used here is not a question of he came into this world but the tense that is used here is he has come and he has given us this understanding in other words it's a present experience that we are having having yes it was an event that happened in the past but he has come and continues to give us this understanding of who he is so he continues to enable us to understand these truths of the doctrine these truths about his presence this truth about what he came to this earth to do and this truth definitely of what he is able to do to change our lives and this is an ongoing process okay so when he is speaking about this and you know, uh, this word that he is saying that jesus the son of god has come has arrived it's a present experience that he is speaking about okay now when he went back to in uh, heaven in his glorified body the fact is it doesn't mean that he stopped his presence here on earth he is very much present with us so when you're speaking about he came into this world it was not like a meteor just flashing in and that was it it's over no it's a question of he came continues to be present and even as he ascended to the father he still continues to remain with us that is the assurance that he is speaking about the very presence of god in our lives okay and he is also saying that he has now given us an understanding just as much as he has come is that present continues if you were to say he has given us an understanding is also that present continues he continues to explain to us continues to help us to understand who jesus is and that's the work of the holy spirit today isn't it the job of the holy spirit is both to convict and to convince a person of their sin conviction a person of convincing of who jesus is that is the understanding that is spoken of here now this word that is used here for understanding is an interesting word a word that speaks about an uh, a process of the mind leading to a conclusion a process of the mind leading to a conclusion and this enlightening of the mind you know also comes about because the anointing 
of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who is able to give us this understanding. This is why this message of the gospel, this good news of the gospel, oftentimes is foolishness to the people of the world. They can't understand that. But it is God who gives us the illumination. It is God who gives us the understanding so that we can understand this important message that this person of Jesus came into this world, died for us and rose again and continues to live in our hearts. So this is the gift that God gives to us, you know, this gift of understanding. And then he moves on and says, you know, so that you know, we would know. You know, this understanding has been given to us so that we would know who he is. If you notice in the high priestly prayer of John chapter 17, Jesus prays in verse 3, and this is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus, Jesus is saying the same thing in uh, the high priestly prayer, that Jesus is indeed praying that we would know God in his truest essence, you know, that we would know God personally. And by so doing, when we know God personally, the very life of God comes and dwells in us, that becomes eternal life that becomes eternal life. So he's saying that, that we may know the one who is true, the one who is true. Now again, the word that is used here in, you know, for true is a different word. There are normally different words used in Greek for true and truth. You know. Here the word that is used here for true, it is not so much so speaking about you know, a fact of knowledge you know, or something that is true and false, but here it is speaking about something that is genuine as opposed to a counterfeit. Okay? So John is declaring here, there are so many counterfeits going around here, but I am praying that you would understand what the truth is. That your eyes would be opened to this knowledge that this is indeed what is the genuine one. Now what is the genuine one? that this is life eternal, life eternal, the life that comes from God. Anybody does that does not have this life, he says, hey, they don't belong to him. And if you notice, that's the theme that he's been speaking right from the very beginning, isn't it? You know, the theme of he who has the Son has life, walking in the light or walking in the darkness. And he's ending with this confirmation for the believers who were there, maybe who had problems with their assurance, maybe who were unsure about their faith. He's saying, hey, there's no two ways. Either you're with the false teachers or you're with the genuine. And if you're with the genuine, then you have life. And if there is life in you, there has to be a change. There's no question of one foot here and one foot here. So he's saying, make up your mind, clarify whether you are really a believer. Let me close with this simple you know, illustration of how do we know that the sun rose this morning? Now, maybe in your room you may not have seen the sunrise, but how do you know that the sun <laughs> rose this morning? By the light which rose from it, isn't it? By the light that is shown. Now, similarly, spiritually, how do we know that the Son of God has come into this world? by the light that has been shown, the pathway that has been shown to follow after him. How do we know that the Son of God has risen in our hearts? By the light that we show through our lives 
to others around us. If you notice the Lord speaks to Zion and says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And when the light comes, darkness has to be dispersed because that's the scripture says behold the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you so this is the best and surest way to check up whether the light is there in our lives can people see the light can people see the light in our lives and walk in the light rather than in darkness can our lives show light to people around us so that they could be pointed to the Savior? This is the surest way to check up whether our lives have changed, whether the Lord is really living in us. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.